Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is a podcast where we take a great pop music album and break it down. Track by Track. Ooh, ah, indeed. Because on the turntable this week, we have got Fresh by Gina G. So, Dan, question question for you. Lots of mm. questions for you today. First question. Good, good. good. This is the Track by Track pub quiz. Put a pin in that idea. What year was Gina G's Ooh Ah li- Just a Little Bit in the Eurovision Thong, thong Contest? <laughs> she was in a thong contest, actually, Will. <laughs> and she won, and she got second place after you. <laughs> I would guess, Will, that this was in Eurovision 1996. Very good. And actually, very good again because you've done your research. You come prepared. I have done my research because worth pointing out now the reason we are talking about this album this week is because UR just a little bit turns 25 years old on Thursday on the 25th that one hurts doesn't it that one really hurts and we often say oh this album's 10 years old and we always go oh doesn't feel that long ago but I very vividly remember this and that was 25 years ago Hmm. unbelievable uh, question two, Dan, yep. in this in this round, which is Gina G round, is uh, what country was the Eurovision Song Contest held in in 1996? I would like to say that it took place in Norway that year. Yes, you're right. It was Oslo in Norway. And question number three, uh, final question for now. Who, uh, in the final where Gina G performed famously in that very sparkly dress, who was one of her backing dancers and singers? No, I don't know the answer to this one. You'll kick yourself. And there are hundreds of Track by Track listeners screaming at their uh, audio devices of choice at the moment. Miranda Cooper. Oh, we've had this before. We've haven't we? been here before. I don't yeah. listen. That's the problem. And that is your problem. You just don't listen. So we are... I've been so excited about it. A whole episode of Track by Track talking about Gina G. Wow. Yes, I know you've been bursting to talk about this album. And I've been very excited about it too because it will come as absolutely no surprise to you, Will. I had not heard this album until we were getting ready to do this episode. So, it's, But it is actually... It's always good fun when you go into an episode and, you know, it's, it's brand new to, well, one or the other of us. For me, it's me. I was obsessed with Gina G and this album when it came out. Uh, I had all the singles. I had CD1, CD2, cassette. Wow. Uh, and I stuck with her through all the releases. And the great news, and I'm sure we've got uh, our friends and yours, uh, Rob, a.k.a. Mr. Pop Music Activism, to thank for the fact that all of the singles, with all of the remixes, are available are now on streaming services. Uh, most notably Spotify. So not only can you listen to this album, you can listen to all the singles. And as we'll come on to discover, there are some fantastic remixes in those singles packages as well. So first of all, before we dive into the album proper, let's have a little bit on Gina herself. So Gina G, aka Gina Mary Gardner, uh, was an Australian singer, famously represented and came to uh, came to be well known because she represented the UK in Eurovision in 1996. Dan, what number did you get to? In the charts? Oh no, in, in Eurovision. In the contest, it was, a, it was a number one single, but what did you get to in the contest? Was it number six? Number eight. Oh, close. 
so Gina's had a mixed career. Um, she's recorded music through every decade, but unfortunately not much of it has made it to fruition. But that doesn't mean we haven't seen her on programmes like Reborn in the USA. Aww. Uh, she's currently living uh, over in L.A., uh, but she does keep a flat in London, uh, famously on Twitter, amongst the, the, the gay Twitter glitterati, famous <laughs> landlady as well. I would be remiss for, for not mentioning that today as well. And uh, Fresh was the only Gina G album that got a full commercial release, although she did have a follow-up album, uh, which she recorded uh, not long after, released on her own website, but, Dan, do you know where Gina G first started? Do you know the first piece of music she had her uh, voice on? Well, I do, but only through doing the research this week. It was completely brand new to me. But I, I always thought Ooh Are Just a Little Bit was her debut single. That's not the case, is it? No. So she appeared uh, under the name Gina, which is G-E-E-N-A, uh, for a track with Bass Culture, Australian dance group called Love the Life. And if we're lucky... Let's have a little bit of it now. So that was a little bit of Love the Life. Dan, what did you think? Very, um, I was going to say hedonistic. Would that be a, an appropriate term for that track, do you think? Oh, yeah, it's pretty banging, isn't it? It's um, very much of that kind of early 90s when it was released, sort of dance, Europop dance sound. Also, I think it's fascinating that this came out in 1992 and then there was nothing from Gina until 96. <laughs> So the album we're talking about today is Fresh by Gina G. This was released in uh, 1997, uh, 4th of March 1997 to be precise. This was a great Europop uh, album, I thought at the time. And I still I still listen to tracks great for running and exercising, high energy, hit workouts and distance running gives you a real boost. It's my personal recommendation. Uh, we've got uh, quite a few people on uh, production duty. Dan, who's in the mix? We've got some old names and some new names. So we have Motivate are in the mix. I think we've talked about them as, as remixes several times before, but they're in uh, sort of actual album credits rather than just remixing this one. We've also got the likes of Mark Taylor, who we've mentioned before, uh, part of Metro. Uh, and then we've got some new names and faces as well. Uh, most notably, Motivate, a.k.a. Steve Rodway, who's had a long career in producing and remixing, didn't have the best of endings to his relation, working relationship with Gina G, um, which led to um, some legal work, which we're not going to go into much detail to today because we're here to celebrate the album. So should we get stuck in? Let's get stuck in to Fresh. And I, I just said fresh there again on purpose a little bit because we said a few weeks ago how not everyone likes the word fresh. So sorry, we've got to keep saying fresh today. Femme fresh. <laughs> Keeping you fresh all day long. Uh, okay, so side one, track one. Here we go. Ooh, ah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Ooh, ah, a little bit more. Ooh, ah, just a little bit. You know 
So Dan, back to you just a little bit. Is there is that one of the biggest songs of the nineties from the pop charts? It has to be up there, surely. Hundred percent. It's definitely it's one of those sounds just within the first few seconds of this song, it just sounds like when it was released, which of course was nineteen ninety six. And and I don't say this to take away from the song in any way, shape or form, but when I hear this song, I just think of kids' birthday parties in the local village hall because I I used to always have a big party with, you know, all the all the friends and all the uh buffet and all that kind of thing. And uh so I would have been it would be my tenth party and this for sure would have been played at least once by the local DJ. Yeah, it's the mainstay of uh village party, rugby club parties, uh weddings, uh bar mitzvahs, funeral no not funerals, not funerals. Oh well uh, I thought you might want it at yours. But I think it's a huge party song still you still hear it, don't you? Now, here, there, and everywhere. Uh, it was a, it was a number one uh, hit record in the UK, but also it was huge everywhere else in the world. It got to uh, number twelve in the US Billboard charts uh, and was top ten across most of Europe and the rest of the world. So this was a huge hit, six hundred thousand copies, platinum in the UK at the time as well. And I think it was definitely what then catapulted Gina G into a full pop career. Yeah, it's it's absolutely no surprise that it was such a big hit around the world because that high energy sound, I mean, that was massive at the time anyway, wasn't it? The mid to late 90s. But this is just a fantastic example of it because also, you know, it does sound very Eurovision. It is very Eurovision, but it's not just Eurovision. It's also a fantastic pop record. It is. It's so catchy. It was written uh, and produced by uh, Steve Rodway uh, and with uh, also songwriting from Simon Caldwell as well. Uh, And it has the motivate sound to it, if you know what I mean, Dan. 100%. And if listeners, if you can't quite put your finger on where you've heard that motivate sound before, think about that really famous Spice Girls wannabe remix that was not as famous as Wannabe, but it's very well known. That's the Motivate remix. They've also done the likes of Kylie's On A Night Like This, Pet Shop Boys' Red Letter Day, which Will, I know, is one of your favourite Pet Shop Boys songs. What Do you like the Motivate remix as well? Uh, there, obviously, obviously, there was the uh, mot- uh, remix of Common People by Pulp, which was then used by Radio 1 as the radio edit uh, the, or the radio version. Um, the Motivate remix of Red Letter Day uh, by, from the Pet Shop Boys uh, the Pet Shop Boys loved the remix so much, they used part of the remix in the radio edit of the song. Uh, and it's not the first time we've spilled out that fact on Track by Track. but And we'll do it so again. <laughs> and we'll do it again when we do talk about that album uh, that the track came from. Uh, but suffice to say that through the 90s and the early noughties, uh, Motivate was a big player in pop music and remixing as well.
Dan, uh, we've established that you don't know too much about the Eurovision performance or even can remember us talking about it before on the podcast. But you know Gina G's dress? The gold, I remember it, gold. Is it a gold dress? Yeah. Gold, yeah. Well, that was by Paco Rabanne and it was originally uh, intended for Cher. Cher never wore it. Gina G found the dress at uh, the Warner uh, offices uh, and just fell in love with it. Oh, that's a lovely story. This song has got a wonderful chart history as well. So this was released, as we've said, uh, 25 years ago on Thursday, which was the 25th of March, 1996. But it took eight weeks to climb to number one. And it finally got there the day after Gina's Eurovision performance. Also, quite a sad fact, Will, this was the last UK Eurovision entry to top the chart. Lots of remixes of this. Uh, So Motivate provided many, many remixes as well as John of the Pleased Women, who was a big dance uh, producer and remixer back in the mid to late 90s as well. So track number two now, title track time, it's Fresh. So fresh there, and that is a really peppy, uh, bright song. This was the third single uh, that Gina G released. It was an average hit, I would say, Um, and not through lack of, I can remember the time, intense promotion, uh, a very bright, sexy video. And on the single covers, she is rolling around a photo studio in a knickers and bra with her heels on still. Good for her, very sexy. Class, classy lady, just classy. like you, Dan. Oh, thank you, hon. And I just love the... I know we're going to talk about the album artwork, but on the single artwork, she's lying on the photo studio in a pants and bra. But I just love the typography. And I don't know what font they used for the Gina G, like the first part anyway, because they changed it when they got to the fourth single. But the typeface for Gina G, if I could find that particular font... Again, I'm sure it's out there somewhere because I absolutely love it. Fontwatch is back. Fontwatch is back. And Fontwatch uh, at large with a request. Font font emergency. <laughs> Dan, what do you think of the track? Yeah, it's really, it's fun. Again, you, you, I think from Ooh just a little bit and the follow-up single, which will come a little bit later on, you kind of know that Gina G is going to be a fun pop star. She's not going to do your origin and then suddenly switch to become a very kind of serious pop star so this is great fun that spoken word intro very saucy and i just want to talk a little bit about some of the cast behind this song because there are some great names on here so we've got gina herself co-writing we also have got paul barry and mark taylor now paul barry co-wrote shares believe with brian higgins amongst others and mark taylor produced that song as well as producing this song so gina is in fine company and actually from this actually came before believe didn't it that was 1998 i think yes yeah but she might have bumped into Cher in the recording studio at the time i think that's why i was so taken aback by the story about the dress just this whole connection that gina's got with Cher. they might have, she might have been like oh sorry darling <laughs> 
This got to number six in the UK singles chart, uh, which was the best performance in the territories it was released in. Not not bad. Not bad at all. Top ten. So track number three now, Dan, and this is Tiamo. I want to be where the sun is shining. So Tiamo there, and Dan, this doesn't follow the track-by-track single flow for a a female solo artist, because in theory, this should have been single three, but in fact, it was single four. I was, that's the first point I was going to make, because, Will, I hate to point the finger, and I hate to throw you under the bus, even though (laughs) I have to do it every episode. (laughs) But I'm sure you've used this one as an example to prove your theory on the third single being the hispanic style track as heard by Cher and others so um what's going on oh dan you have a very selective memory and normally the things you can remember are the things that throw me under said bus uh and i'm and i'm and i'm i probably did get the order wrong but this this is in fact single four so you had because the, the the theory, this is music theory for any music students out there. Mm. It should be single one is the big banger, the big hit single. Single two is another banger, but a different sound. And single three is the Hispanic-themed holiday love song. Think Michiko Latino, uh, Dove L'Amour. Michiko Latino was single two, lovey. Oh, whatever. <laughs> anyway. There are many other examples that we have talked about on here. But uh, Dan's in one of his more pedantic moods today, so <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> so this was um, the fourth single. I'm not a huge fan of the original version, but there are some banging remixes. Uh, the Bass Town remixes, there are two uh, incredible. Metro's Summer of Love remix is great. The best one, however is the Trouser Enthusiast Schoolboy Crush Mix. Give Ian Masterson five stars for the. He's always very inventive in the naming of his remixes, and this one is brilliant because it is very hot and heavy. Oh, a bit like me at the gym. <laughs> so yeah, for me, it's all about the remixes. This track, and thankfully, you can enjoy all of those uh, on Spotify now. I have to say that well, I do quite enjoy this sound because I do like uh, the Hispanic style pop songs. You know, thinking even way back to Lies La Bonita. Uh, this one, I get real hints of the that kind of really famous Lambada song that was, I think uh, Jennifer Lopez sampled it on On the Floor. Uh, I don't think it was that one. Another school disco or kids 90s disco favourite as well. Oh, you get caught snogging when the light goes up. Oh, happier times. You're snogging the uh, caretaker. (laughs) 
Very tender lips. Rough hands, though. <laughs> but some bleach. people like that. Um, <laughs> you do love the smell of bleach. And I do like my partner to be quite rough-handed as well. <laughs> so this was a, yeah, it was the fourth single. Got to number 11, so just missed the top 10. Although it was a number one in Romania. Oh, great news. I have to say this for me. I said before, I hadn't heard the album before this episode. And Gina, with, with you know, no offence to Gina, I didn't buy a single one of her singles. Um, so I knew up to this song and then I didn't know anything after this. Uh, so this was my this was my sad goodbye with Gina actually. Ah, oh, you said goodbye, goodbye Gina and Tiamo. Tiamo. Okay, track number four now, Dan, uh, and this is another single. A lot of singles from this album. Every time I fall. Every time. So that was track four, Every Time I Fall. As I said, Will, I didn't know much about Gina post-single four. So I didn't know that she'd done an actual proper ballad uh, until listening to the album this week. And here it is. And thankfully for Gina, it's not the worst ballad on this album. So we can continue (laughs) talking about the track. And actually, it's quite nice, isn't it? It's quite nice. It's I'm getting very... Kylie 80s ballad vibes from this one. Um, there are, I won't talk about the remixes because we might be talking about that on further listening coming mm. up. Hold your horses. Interestingly, this song starts with the chorus, which yes. doesn't happen very often with particularly ballads. Particularly ballads and particularly kind of proper pop songs. It's not the norm, is it? Um, but hey, good for them, good for her. And on the team behind this one, so a whole host of new writers I don't think we've talked about. Amongst them, Anders Bag, who has written and produced for the likes of Janet Jackson, Madonna, Celine Dion, who's also in Sweden, an idol judge, their version of Pop Idol, for many years. And he's written a few Eurovision entries as well. Uh, you've also got Maya Beckman, and she is also a Swedish artist who duetted with Ricky Martin on Private Emotion, which I loved that song when it came out, and I haven't even thought about it for years. It was such a good power ballad. Um, and on the as the assistant producer on this one, you've got Julian Gallagher. He co-wrote uh, parts of Kylie's Fever uh, and worked with a few of the Spice Girls on solo projects as well. Okay, track number five now, uh, and it's Follow the Lights. Follow the light there, track five, and it's, I was going to say, it's pop as a clock again. Would you say it's pop as a clock, Will? It is pop as a clock, and it's if you needed telling, this is another motivate, uh, write, and produce 
on there. All the hallmarks are there. But the best thing, the best thing about this song, Dan, mm. is the middle eight. 100% agree. Yeah, it's great. So much fun. It's really light and airy and a lot of energy. And one of those hallmark sounds, as well as those great computerized synths in most fake songs, is a kind of the use of that piano hammering away uh, on that middle eight riff there. You can really hear it. And I'm going to sp- stab in the dark that it's uh, Steve Rodway on the male vocals on the middle oh, eight. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, but I, I love that bit. Couldn't be there for you, baby. It's funny, you said that while the song was playing and that was in my notes from from the first listen to the song. I thought I love that middle eight. Um, but yeah, it's like I said, it's the same team of behind Ooh Ah just a little bit, but instead of Ooh Ah, we've got lots of Ooh Oohs in this one. <laughs> ooh, Ooh, Ooh Ah. It's quite mid-tempo as well. It's not as banging, but it's still very much pop as a clock, isn't it? And I think it's great to, at this point in the album, it's great to finally hear an album track, a really good album track, because actually the first four tracks have all been singles at various points. The whole idea, though, of follow the light, isn't that what you say when someone's dying? Oh, no, you say don't don't, don't follow the light, don't you? Don't go, go into to the light. move towards the light. But that's what you said to me when I was concussed that time. You were telling me to go into the light. Well, I thought this was it. I thought it was happening. I was like, right, come on. I wasn't even unconscious. I was still stood up. I was walking around. And then sign this. <laughs> sign over the rights to track my track. Track number six now. This is Give Me Some. So that was Give Me Some Love. This was the fifth single to be released. Uh, I have to say this is one of my favourites on the album, Dan. It is a great song, this one. When I first heard it, I thought it reminded me of a cross between Kylie's On A Night Like This and Mr. Vane or some sort of like really early 90s dance anthem. And this is probably the biggest the next biggest Europop banger on the album since track one, Ooh, are just a little bit. Yeah. Everything else has been good, but not quite hit the mark. Although this isn't my favourite version of this song. Pray tell, William. Well, uh, as artists often did for later single releases in an album campaign, uh, there was a radio edit produced for Give Me Some Love when it was reduced, released as a single that was actually different to the album version. So let's have a listen. If we're lucky, let's have a listen to the radio edit of Give Me Some Love. So if anything, Dan, that's even more banging than the album version. Yeah, that's great. I can't believe that's this is literally the first time I've heard that that version, the single version of that track. Uh, and part of the reason why I can't believe it is because at this time, uh, August 97, this came out, I was reading 
like smash hits and top of the pops religiously like every issue sometimes tv hits sometimes big a bit more girly that one i'm afraid to say. I, I don't i have no recollection or no memory of this song wow and this was a single as well so shame on you well shame on shame on her pr people actually and her management <laughs> Uh, this also on the CD two of this, there were some motivate previously unreleased motivate uh, mixes of Higher Than Love, which is another album track we're going to come on to yet, which are really lovely extra length, and we do like the extra length. So, so obviously the team were really pushing this one with a new radio version, the new remixes of the album track. But uh, how did this one do in the charts, Bill? I have literally no idea. Uh, it got to number twenty five. Oh. And was her last top 40 hit. Ever? Yeah. Oh, Gina Lovey. Why aren't we seeing her at Mighty Hoopla? Has she been there yet? I haven't seen her there. She's in LA. Oh, what's she going to She's not going to come to bloody Brockwell Park on a wet Saturday. <laughs> to do, do what Jamelia did. Just do, try and do the same cover song three times with a backing track that keeps skipping. And she's not got Steve Rodway there for support, that's for sure. No, definitely not. I have to say, Will, when I looked at the writing team on this one, I almost lost everything because i saw collins taylor and burton and i thought joan collins elizabeth taylor and richard burton co-wrote their song for gina g i've got nothing left <laughs> <laughs> of course it was of course then. not no it was uh, another richard burton and it was uh, john collins and it was mark taylor with <laughs> gina lovey track number seven now and this is rhythm of my life Rhythm of My Life there. This is one of my favourite tracks on the album. Really? I love it. Uh, also, this isn't an original song, Dan. Oh, do tell me more. So this was actually Motivate, as an artist and producer, Steve Rodway, uh, released a track called Rocking For Myself, which was a single back in the 90s, early 90s. <laughs> Uh, and this is actually a remastered and reworked version of that track. Well, I did not know that well. Thank you for enlightening me. Uh, you won't find it on any streaming service. So it's one of those, uh, you need to find a CD single of the track job. Uh, but I was really pleased to hear a new version of this track uh, with Gina's lovely vocals added to it. And it is, again, it's it's very motivate those laser-like synths, that high energy beat, the kind of bouncing electronic bass that you could just you know i didn't i didn't need to look at the liner notes i knew this was motivate again there's so much i mean this is high energy pop at its highest energy and there's a real simplicity to this one to those lyrics that obviously were added later to to work with the song from what you told me 
the chorus, just baby, baby, almost Justin Bieber-esque, actually. No, don't mention his name <laughs> on this podcast. Um, yeah, it's very simplistic to it, but it works with the track. Dan, a wonderful thinking on your feet there, taking some new information and working it in. Great. Well done. I'm very on the pulse of things. Maybe I've got a few extra bob in your pay packet this week. Oh, yes. <laughs> I might be able to give up my paper round. So track number eight now, Missing You Like Crazy. I might just refresh my glass, actually. Me too, actually, because this is not a great song. So that was Missing You Like Crazy there uh, from Gina G. What a great time. So I've got a fantastic album artwork. And Dan, you said to me before we started recording, I can't wait for us to talk about the album artwork because it really is something. It's iconic. As I said, I hadn't heard this album for years, but I could have told you exactly what was on this cover. And that is the sign of a good cover, isn't it? Uh, Yes, exactly. So it is... Uh, Gina, she's just wearing some chocolates. Uh, and I'm not sure if it's Cadbury's or, or supermarket owned brand, but she's laid it on thick. Oh, a bit like you. Uh, she's had a lovely red hair crimped uh, and she's holding a microphone. And in the bottom, you can see the food mixer. Uh, I'm not quite sure what you'd need to do with the food mixer and chocolates. Surely you just need to melt it. Unless she's mixed it in with some double cream to give it that real luxurious and a bit more of a spreadable quality. Mm, lovely. And it's an iconic album cover. And even if you're not a fan of Gina G, you'll probably remember this album cover. Uh, and obviously it's all over our socials uh, at the moment, or, or at time of release anyway, so you won't be able to miss it. It's also got that iconic Gina G logo. Again, I've already uh, put that request out, Font Watch. Uh, for anyone that knows what type, what logo, what typeface and font that is. Uh, this was uh, photography was by the legendary photographer, David LaChapelle, uh, who has photographed so many musicians, actors, models. Uh, it's just, uh, just too many to mention. Yes, he has worked with icons, including Gina G. But I would agree that this is not an iconic song. Uh, this is obviously, in fact, maybe I should talk about who's behind the song first and that will give an idea of maybe why it's not one of our favourites. Uh, on songwriting for this one, you've got Ray Ruffin, who has written songs for the likes of Blue, Miss Dynamite and Michael Jackson. And on production, you've got Cutfather, who has worked on a lot of artists that we love, but has also worked with the likes of Mark Morrison, Another Level and Damage. So, you know, there's very much an R&B pop sound. Mediocre R&B pop sounds. Well, to be blunt, yes. And let's be honest, that's not our favourite genre of music. Perhaps Gina Lovey was trying to put in a, a bit of a different sound on this, but for me, and I think for you as well, it just hasn't quite worked. No, so let's move on. Just to point out, though, her vocal is great on this. Finding a positive in there. So track number nine. Ah, this is a good one. This is my favourite one. This is I Belong To You. Tell me it's gonna be alright. I belong to you. You belong to me naturally, so naturally, baby. I belong to you. You belong to me naturally, so naturally, 
I belong to you there. What a cracking follow-up that was to Who I Just Lit a Bit. Dan, question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you prefer this to Ooh Yeah, I do. And the reason is, I think, because Ooh Just a Little Bit, cracking pop song, deservedly number one, did really well at Eurovision, but it is a little bit of that kind of heard it so many times thing. Whereas this, I would argue, deserves to be bigger than it actually was. It's, you know, the pressure was on for them, obviously, to come up with single number two. And I think they managed it. But, and I'm sure you'll correct me uh, here, Will, I don't think this was a number one, was it? I think, was it top five, maybe? Uh, It got to number six, so just shy, uh, which I think was a crying shame. I remember... She went all out uh, release week to promote this. She was in every magazine or on every TV show or radio station going because this was her big moment to show that she wasn't just a one-hit wonder. And for me, I loved this this single when it came out. Again, I had both CDs. I had the fold-out poster. Uh, and also, I loved the colour scheme on the single artwork, which is yellow background with pink logo and song title in the same font that I've been lusting after all episode. Well, someone said lusting after, someone say banging on about, harping on about. That's two sides of a very different coin there. <laughs> but Will... I just love... I mean, this is as banging as you are, but it's a very different sort of Europop sound because you are moving away from that kind of house style of Motivate to something It feels very fresh, if you'll pardon the pun. <laughs> I won't pardon that pun at all. Um, it, but it does. And also, yeah, worth noting, it's not Motivate on this one. It's Metro again producing. And this one was written by Gina and uh, William Colburn, or Bill Colburn to his friends. Will, will you ever be a Bill, do you think? Uh, maybe when I'm older. Oh, I, I can't wait for that day when you become a Bill. Uh, Dan, uh, we do love the extra length. Uh, so you'll be pleased to know that there is an extended version of this song on uh, the CD uh, CD one of the release which just uh, ekes out all the lovely synth-pop gloriousness a bit further. I am thrilled to hear that, and I will be looking out for that on my streaming platform of choice. But Will, I've got to ask you, do you prefer this one to UR? I don't, uh, but it's it's a close second, I have to say. No, I'm not disappointed, I'm just angry. Uh, The video, do you remember the video? She was a genie. Oh, genie G. No, I don't remember that at all. In fact, I don't remember the uh, UR video, actually. What do you remember? This song. This is such a good song. This deserves better. (laughs) So track number 10 now. Hold on to your hats. This is Higher Than Love. Higher than love there, and it was only right before the end of the album, which is rapidly approaching, we had one last Motivate banger. And this is very, I mean, I love it. Uh, It's very instant. I can tell, though, why it probably wasn't released as a single, because it does sound very similar to Ooh Ah. Yeah, very much so, yeah. And I think for me, this one... Yeah, it's definitely an album track, or even could it have been a B-side there, I say. It's just that... The, the title and the chorus for, it, it's just not quite clicking for me in the same way in the way that who are just a little bit and some of the other motivate stuff 
worked, uh, even though it's maybe not my preferred style of pop music and isn't something I'd listen to now, it worked. This one for me, just, you know, maybe it's one too many. Mm. As we mentioned when we talk about Give Me Some Love, there are a couple of lovely longer length versions of this track. Uh, there's a Motivate Steinway mix and a Pumptronic mix, right? seven minutes each. If, if you, unlike Dan, you do like this track. So, track number 11 now. We're not finished yet, Dan. It doesn't mean goodbye. So it doesn't mean goodbye there. That is a lovely mid-tempo ballad. And great to hear Motivate trying their hand at something that isn't a high-energy pop song. Although you can you can tell they're involved because you've got that wonderful piano riff that leads into the chorus, as well as that lovely 90s beat that runs through it. Um, it's not as all out as their other tracks on this album. Uh, and actually, I think it's a nice track to have just before the end. Yeah, it really is nice to hear them delivering a different sound because the other, what, one, two, three, four, maybe five songs from them do sound like Motivate. This doesn't. Um, and as you said, it slows the album down nicely for the end, but it's not a pure ballad. Uh, the percussion is great on this one. And kind of, it gets, it's a little bit kind of La Isla Bonita or something like that, the rhythm of this one. Again, is it that Balearic thing? Which have I said Balearic this episode? I don't know, but you've either said that or Manchester. Uh, probably not in this episode, actually, but normally normally pops up. I think we said Hispanic-inspired earlier instead to kind of try and differentiate or try and not use that word. But there it is, Balearic on Track by Track. Uh, and the last track on the album you can hear playing underneath. It is a Ooh, Are Just a Little Bit remix. It's the Vintage Honey mix, uh, which I do like. It's pleasant enough. Uh, but again, it's as a track on the album, not as a bonus track or um, just as a remix on the single. It's included on the album. Yeah, I don't, don't get that. So before we go into further listening, just a word on the album's performance. It got to number 12 in the UK singles chart. And in her motherland in Australia, it got to number 53. So a good, a good album result in the UK. Yeah, it did well. It, it's a shame that it is the last time that she did have a successful chart album because this is not a bad pop album by any means. So for further listening, Dan, what I thought it would be nice to hear uh, anything else you'd want to select from Gina G. So it could be uh, a lost track, could be a remix of which there are many now available on streaming services. Don't forget. What have you gone for? So I have kept it with the album but I wanted just to hear a different side of Every Time I Fall, the very, we said before, it's quite kind of 80s Kylie ballad, but Metro did put a Eurobeat spin on it. So here is the Metro's Eurobeat mix of Every Time I Fall.
So a mix of Every Time I Fall then. I just feel like this is very on brand. It could have almost worked as a track in itself in this way on the album. Will, what do you think to this one? I prefer the Metro Euro beat remix to it. It reminds me a little bit of like Living Joy or something like that with that piano a treatment mm. running through it. And it just gives it a bit of an oomph that feels more appropriate to Gina's work. Yep, completely agree. Um, so Gina Lovey, if you do put the album out on vinyl anytime soon, which would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Um, maybe swap this one out. I'd be astonished and very happy if that happened. Crazier things have happened, Will. It's like Gina G going in for Eurovision a second time. What? So did you know, Dan, uh, that Gina was in the running for a second stab at Eurovision? I did, because for some reason, and I wasn't, as we've said a few times on the podcast, never been a major Eurovision fan, but I remember watching the show where she performed her hopeful entry. So we're heading back for my further listening choice to 2005, and this is Gina G's second Eurovision single. Didn't get to the final, didn't get selected, but let's have a listen to Flashback. disco number than the kind of Europop from uh, 1990. Uh, six and seven. Six, six and seven. <laughs> Sixes and sevens. Uh, I really like it. I think the right choice was made. Um, Dan, can you remember who was selected? Was it Javine with Touch My Fire? It was. And of course, not the only kind of legend trying to get a place in that year's Eurovision because Katie Price was there as well, wasn't she? In a wonderful pink jumpsuit, if I remember rightly. And preggers as well. Uh, was it Harvey? I it probably would have been, actually, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. About that time ago, yeah. But uh, yeah, for some reason, I distinctly remember seeing all three of them. I think it's because they are three in in some way, shape or form. They are three icons uh, all competing for that year's Eurovision. But yeah, like I said, it's, it's uh, more disco, kind of like D-Light vibes on this one, I think, a little bit. Um, so it's a shame that it didn't either get to Eurovision or chart. Um, and on the writers in this one, I was very surprised to see Rich Fiasco Adlam, not because I know him by name, but just because he went on to work with the likes of Charlie XCX, Iggy Azalea, Taylor Swift, dot, dot, dot. So um, this, I think this was quite early on in his career. Oh, I've not heard of dot, dot, dot. Coming soon to a podcast near you. <laughs> We're out of time. So I can't believe we bloody well recorded an episode of Track by Track about Gina G. And is for the last time? We'll see. No. Yes. Yeah, yeah actually, probably. Yeah. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed uh, some reminiscence from the 90s with Gina G on, on Track by Track. Let us know your memories, anything we've missed in the back catalogue of Gina G., uh, and anything that you're now enjoying as a result at Track by Track UK. And if you have enjoyed this episode, please do leave us a rating and a review. If you haven't already, at Apple Podcasts, 
positive reviews, it's nice to be nice. It is nice to be nice. Nice to be nice. Ah, and you've got that actually on your new living room wall I can see behind you there. Stencil. Yeah, from B&M. Yeah. Ah. Uh, Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to what's coming up next? So next week we are celebrating the 20th anniversary of the debut album from some very iconic pop stars. You've said too much. Oh, I honestly didn't think I had. I thought that's really cryptic. No, oh. you've not said too much. You've just said enough, but in the wrong way. Okay. What would be the right way? No, don't Anyway, yeah, it's not anyway, for now. Anyway, for next week. I'm looking forward to that one. So, yeah, it's going to be an absolute banger next week. Uh, have a good week until then. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I've been Steve Rockway. And I've been Mark Taylor. Goodbye. Fantastic time. What a great time to get a refill. Naturally. So naturally. Baby.